Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be together in this place. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy shown to us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us that we might have life. We thank you, Lord, for this time of the year. We thank you for the opportunity we have to worship and glorify you. We thank you for your coming to this world that we might have life and hope in Jesus Christ. We pray now that you'd bless our time together in your word and we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for your mercies and we thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, Lori, I have this turned on and people who are watching don't know out there what's going on. So, um, do you know where the switch is for mine? Oh. Can you folks hear me? Are you sure? I talk real quiet. You can hear me? Okay. All right. Just so it, I want to make sure that it's coming through. Ricky, is it coming through for people to hear or whoever's back there? Uh, is it? Is it good? All right. Very good. I hope you have your copy of the outline tonight. It's uh, as we continue to think together about the things we need, we look in Psalm 25 tonight. May the Lord bless you. It's good to see all of you here tonight. And uh, I pray God's richest blessings on you in these days that we find ourselves in. And may the Lord bless you. And I'm honored to have the time with you tonight. And those of you who are watching us, uh, may the Lord bless you wherever you are. Some of you in, uh, in the hospital and you, you faithfully try to join in in these days. And others of you at home not able to come. We miss you. We thank the Lord for you. And we pray for you every day. Tonight we continue to think about the things we need and oh what an important topic we have for tonight. How desperately we need the Lord's guidance. How desperately we need the Lord's direction and how desperately we need the Lord's leadership. Psalm 25, I hope to be our prayer tonight. So I hope you have your copy of God's Word and if you have the outline it'll help you. There's seven elements that we'll look at and the seven observations we'll make from these words. <clears throat> the promise that we find in these words uh, comes from uh, the center of these passages. And I wanted you to, to go there first before we read the entire passage because this uh, helps us to understand the importance of God's guidance. Verse number 8 and 9, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore He instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice, and He teaches the humble His way. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth to those who keep His covenant and His testimonies. So let's read this psalm together now that you've found your place, Psalm 25. A prayer for protection, guidance, and pardon, a psalm of David. 
To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be ashamed. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed. Those who deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed. Make me know your ways. O Lord, teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and your loving kindnesses, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your loving kindness, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice, and he teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will abide in prosperity and his descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him and he will make them know his covenant. My eyes are continually toward the Lord for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Look upon my enemies, for they are many and they hate me with violent hatred. Guard my soul and deliver me. Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge in you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Heavenly Father, now we pray that you might bless the reading of your word. This is our prayer to you tonight. O Lord, we lift up our soul, and in you we trust. We lift up our soul to you in our various emotional conditions tonight. Some of us come in today with heavy hearts. Some listen tonight and watch with heavy hearts and burdens. Some living in terror and fear and dread. Uh, Lord, others uh, disappointed, others angry. All kinds of emotions grip the people of your church today and grip the people of the world today. And so tonight we come to you this small group of us who gather here and uh, have the opportunity electronically, this is our prayer tonight. And our prayer is, as David said, make me know your way, O Lord, and teach me your paths. And lead me in your truth and teach me. That's what we ask tonight. We desperately need your guidance in our lives. We need your guidance in our own personal lives, in our marriages, in our families, with our children, our grandchildren. We need your guidance as a church as to what we should do. You are the head of this church. We need your guidance as to how, we to, how we're to live in holiness and righteousness in a godless world. 
that has rejected your truth and your ways and your paths. Lord Jesus, we honor you at this time of the year. Whatever the, whatever the world may say about our own celebrations and our own time as Christians, we come to honor you because you have come and you have become one of us. You are God in flesh and we worship and honor you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your absolute sacrifice for the sins of the world that all who believe in you might be saved. Tonight, encourage us from these words. May we find in these words great hope and encouragement. Lord, I know every person in this room, including me, we all need your guidance. We desperately need your guidance. May it be given to us by the Holy Spirit of God from your word, and may we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We could read this psalm numerous times. You are at a disadvantage now because you've only read it one time. Uh, if I was going to do it right, I would encourage you to do what uh, I try to practice in my own life, and that is to read when you come to the psalms and you use them for your devotional life in praying and worshiping God, you ought to spend time moving through them, not uh, quickly, but uh, linger on the words Think about what you see. Look at the comparison of the words. I've, I've talked with you uh, through the years about this uh, principle of studying the Word of God to observe the words, to look at patterns, to look at descriptions of things that are found there. I want to do that tonight before we get into this because this is a, this is a psalm that truly uh, calls upon God to give us guidance. I want you to notice the, the terms that are used that have to do with direction and guidance. He uses the word paths numerous times. First, he speaks about the ways of God, how God works, but then he talks about the paths of God. Teach me your paths, verse 4. You see it there. Uh, you continue on in verse 10. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth. And so then you continue to see that you have both this picture of paths and ways. Ways have to do with behavior, what we do. Paths have to do with the way we live or the way we walk. The consequences of the way we act become our paths. This becomes very important. Verse 4, make me know your ways. God's ways. Verse number 8. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way, the way that God would have us to be, the way he would want us to live. He teaches the humble his way, the way God works, what he does. He will instruct him in the way he should go. This has to do with direction of life. And all of us in this room are facing personal decisions, and we need the guidance of the Lord. What's interesting is we we, we always tend to flip the Word of God to our own uh, desires first. That is, well, I need God's guidance for all the things that I'm planning. The, the reality is that we need God's guidance so that we will do the will of God, so that we will glorify God. So this becomes very important for us tonight. He leads the humble in justice and He teaches the humble His ways. 
Verse 11, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. But notice he says just below that, who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. I ask you tonight, are you living in your own ways or are you living in the ways of the Lord? I ask you tonight, are you experiencing a rough path or are you experiencing the path of God? The paths of the Lord. Well, it's all built on what we decide to do. And every person in here is living with the consequences of your own decisions. Everyone listening to me, you're living with the consequences of your own decisions. When we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, we have this great, de- we have this great need in our lives. And that's the focus of what I want to spend my time on. God's people at all times and all seasons, no matter what your age tonight, where you are, what you're going through, whatever our country's facing, whatever circumstances are around us, God's people at all times and all seasons need God's guidance. So we'll see tonight by taking our, a little walk through these verses, seven observations about how God guides us. And uh, I'll just repeat them first of all. Uh, God guides those who trust Him. And we see that in verse 2. Secondly, God guides those who ask Him, who pray, who speak with Him, who request of God guidance. Third, God guides those who follow Him. Fourth, God guides those who wait on Him. Fifth, God guides those who know Him. Sixth, God guides those who fear Him. Seventh, God guides those who see Him or who look to Him. Who look to Him. So all of these things become very important for us, my dear friends, because a lot of us seek guidance from wise people, and that's good, but there's no one we should seek guidance from in a greater way than from God. Do you know how to seek, and and have you experienced the guidance of God? Well, that's our topic for tonight, and we all need it. I hope I've made that case. So we come to verse number two. Oh my God, in you I trust. But before we see that, notice what he says. He says, I lift up my soul. When you come to pray, do you spend time coming before the Lord with uh, a heart of surrender? That's what this phrase, I lift up my soul is. You know what our soul is. It's our mind, it's our will, it's our emotions, it's our desires. It's all that's a part of what's inside of you. Sometimes in the Old Testament, it's called our heart. Uh, But it is our mind, our will, and our emotions. What, What condition is your mind and your will and your emotions in these days? What, what's, what's going on in your spiritual life based on what's going on around us in the world? Well, it is important for us to maintain a heart for God, to watch our heart, to keep our to keep ourselves focused. So when you go to prayer, when you come to worship, do you lift up your soul? It is the idea of surrendering yourself to God. It is the idea of revealing your inner thoughts, not hiding from God, not pretending before God. When you come before God, you can't hide them anyway. He already knows what you're thinking. He already knows your motivations. He already knows your desires. He already knows your willingness either to receive truth or not to receive truth. But this phrase becomes very important. I lift up not my voice. I lift up not my hands. 
I lift up not my head, I lift up my soul. This is how we meet God. We lift up our soul. Lord, look at me. Look at the condition I'm in. Look at the attitudes that are in me. Look at the thoughts that go through my mind and are stuck in my mind. Look at the emotions that I seem to carry and I can't get rid of. Sinful emotions. Look at, look at my desires for things that are not honorable. Tonight I ask you, have you lifted your soul to the Lord? You see, that's what we do. That's what children do. They come to their parents and they lift them. They're just transparent before their parents. They come to them until they learn to be a little bit more sophisticated as they get older. But young children, how childlike it is. They, they reveal themselves. They, they speak of their desires. They express and when they can't even talk and communicate. I lift up my soul. This is where guidance from God begins when your heart is right, when you have a tender mind, and you can receive the guidance of God. For far too many of us, we ask God what His opinion is, almost like we're just asking for some additional ideas to go along with our great ideas. Well, Lord, what do you think about it? Like He's our buddy or somebody else just coming along with a, an idea. Not coming to the Lord saying, I lift up my soul, and then notice what he says, oh my God, in you I trust. I don't trust in what I have. I don't trust in who I know. In you I trust. In God I trust. God guides those who trust him. And that begins for us as believers when we have trusted and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight I ask you, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? Have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved? Oh my God, in you I trust when I'm sick. Oh my God, in you I trust when I don't know if I can keep going because I'm so tired. Oh my God, in you I trust when everything's blessed in my life. And you've given me more than I can imagine. Oh my God, in you I trust. When my friends have forsaken me. When I've had loss and my loved ones that I did love so dearly have died. And I'm left alone. In, oh my God, in you I trust. Faith in God is at the foundation of receiving guidance from the Lord. If you don't trust God, you'll not follow His guidance. If you don't trust somebody, you're not going to listen to their guidance. The same is true in your relationship with God. Secondly, God guides those who ask Him. Here's the phrase, make me know your ways. Look at the phrase, make me know your ways, teach me your paths, lead me in your truth and teach me. Three very important words, make me, teach me, lead me. Verses 4 and 5. That's the way we pray for guidance. We ask the Lord for it. How did James say it? If any person lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And he'll give him what he needs. You must ask God for his wisdom. You must ask him. God guides those who ask him. 
Make me know your ways. You know, this is one of those words that we don't like, but it's an important word. He asks God to make him know his ways. It's almost the picture of the rebellious little child. Sometimes you have to make them sit down. Sometimes you have to make them eat their food. Sometimes you have to make them clean up their toys. Make me, make me know your ways. Your ways, what is that? Well, the ways of God are the ways God acts and the way God works. Make me know your ways. You see, these days we live in are such a great opportunity for us to learn to follow God. There are lots of people giving opinions about the uh, sadness and sickness and troubles around us. But the question is before us, what is God doing? What are God's ways in the world today? Do you know? Do you see the visible but not the invisible? Do you understand the work of God that is going on in the world today? Make me know your ways in the midst of all this talk about COVID. Make me to know your ways in the midst of all this talk about economy and and political issues and everybody else's opinions and fights and fusses. Make me to know your ways in this world, in my church, in my life, in my family. Lord, what are you doing? Make me know it. We need to ask God to make us know His ways. Because we don't come to them on our own terms. Our flesh fights it. We want our ways. We don't want God's ways. This is a brave prayer. Make me know your ways. The ways of God include His ways of grace. The ways of God include His ways of saving us. When we repent of our sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're saved. And the way God saves sinners, His way of sending the Lord Jesus Christ to be the final and absolute substitute for sin. The ways of grace, the ways of His salvation, His ways of discipline. Speaking with one of our people this week who's having just a terrible time. And yet my reminder to this person was, look, this is God's way because every child of God is disciplined by God the Father. Discipline seems hard for a season, but afterwards it produces the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Do you understand the ways of God's discipline in your life? Are you still fighting it? Are you arrogant, living in your own arrogance, assuming that you know the best way? Well, you're going your own way. Those ways lead to your own paths, as I'll get to in just a moment. That's why you're in such trouble. Because the paths you're on are the result of the ways you're living and the things you're doing. You see, the ways of grace and the ways of salvation, the ways of discipline, the ways of affliction. Why would God so inflict His people? It's throughout the Word of God. We've spent Wednesday nights for years looking at this enigma. Why would God persecute His people? I've I've mentioned it to you before. It's such a dramatic uh, contrast uh, that Paul gives us as we think about this whole matter of, uh, of, of afflictions, 
uh, when, he, when he speaks about this whole issue of how the Lord loves us and cares about us and has done so much to bless us, uh, and yet at the end of it all, when he's talking about the grand and great glorious love of God, he, he speaks of this sadness that even though we're greatly loved by God, we're like, we're like sheep led to the slaughter. What a contrast. Surely a God who loves us wouldn't let us go through bad things. Surely a God who cares about us wouldn't allow us to be afflicted and to be sick and to have pain and, and struggle. Surely this not, must not be the way of God, but you see, the Word of God teaches us the ways of God. Make me, make me know your ways. For some of you, that's all you need to hear tonight. That ought to be your prayer when you go home tonight. Make me know your ways. The ways of grace, salvation, discipline, affliction, judgment, blessing. We could go on with other ways of God. The ways of God are tied to the nature and character of God. That's why on Sunday mornings I'm spending all of this time talking about how great is our God. A God of compassion and patience. Slow to anger. A God of mercy, a God of grace, a God who knows all things about us, a God who is everywhere, a God who is totally and absolutely in control. You see, God's ways come from His perfections. I mention it here to you in the notes, uh, just 25.10. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth. You see, the paths of the Lord are tied to the character of God. Uh, 25.6. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and your loving kindnesses, for they have been from of old. This is God's ways, His ways of compassion, His ways of loving kindness, His ways of patience. Make me know your ways, that is, make me know who you are, and then teach me your paths. This becomes so important for us. Teach me your paths. I would say it this way, His ways, God's ways, lead to God's paths. My ways lead to my paths. And when I come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, I leave my paths and my ways, and I come to follow His ways and walk on His paths. This is a very important principle. That's why some of you are so sad today. Because you have not learned the ways of God, you still try to live your own way, but you want the benefits of God's paths. No, you must first say, make me know, know, have a knowledge of your ways, and then teach me your paths. Here's the way you go. Here's the way you live. Here's the blessing of this path. The paths of the Lord lead through strange and amazing places. Did you know that? Oh, right here, where were we're by one of the most famous psalms that we love to read. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. Wait a minute, here it is. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. Oh, but 
even though I walk, this path of righteousness goes through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't fear evil when I'm on the path, His path. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me and you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My enemies are all around. The evil one, the world, the flesh, all of it. And here the Lord provides in the midst of it all. And you have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Goodness and mercy and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. I have a path that I'm following. His path and what follows me on the path of God, His goodness and His loving kindness. Do you walk on His path tonight? Or are you, as the proverb says about the wicked man, walking in the pathway of thorns? Or are you, as the psalmist says, you're walking through the, uh, those, those difficult times, not of thorns, but of unlevel ground? You know, the Lord has a way of, in, when we walk on His paths, in His paths, of making the way straight and making a way through the most impossible of circumstances. You're on a path. You are on a path. Your path is determined by either following your own ways or God's ways. Make me... Know your path, your ways, O oh Lord, teach me your path. The Lord teaches us his paths. Lead me in your truth. Third, God guides those who follow him. <clears throat> David asked for leadership. David asked God to lead him. We note the truth about Romans 8.14. As many as are led by the Spirit are sons of God. If you say you're saved tonight and you don't understand the leadership of the Holy Spirit, my friend, you, you, to be saved, you understand how the Holy Spirit leads you. He impresses your heart. He convicts you of your sin. He reveals truth out of His Word. He teaches you from the Word of God. He brings peace and comfort and the fruit of the Spirit to your life. He leads you to follow Jesus and to follow the, the paths of righteousness. As many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. The Lord Jesus said it, John 16, 13. When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. And what does He say here? Lead me in your truth. Enough of falsehood, enough of lying, enough of deceit. The world is filled with falsehood, lying, and deceit. But as we say, make me know your ways, teach me your paths, and lead me in your truth, and teach me, we gain the blessing of God's guidance along His paths. Psalm 27, 11, lead me on a level path. Psalm 139, 10, lead me in the everlasting way. Psalm 78, 52, He led forth His people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And we know the Lord Jesus. I am the great shepherd. I am the shepherd of the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep know me and I know them and they hear my voice. So God guides those who trust Him and who ask Him and who follow Him and God guides those who wait on Him. For you I wait all the day. If God is guiding me, then I go at God's pace. 
Well, there's some busy people in here. You don't waste any time, do you? You got up this morning and you're still going. That's why some of you are in church tonight and you're asleep. Wake up. We're just about done. Wake up. We wait in the long day. Some of you are waiting. You're waiting, aren't you? You've been praying. You've been asking God for a long time. You've been waiting. It's a long day, isn't it? You've been waiting. It's a dark day. You've been waiting. It's a stormy day. You've been waiting. It's a good day. We wait on the Lord. We wait on the Lord. We go at His pace. We follow Him and we go at His pace. Forty years circling a mountain in, among the Israelites until an entire generation died in the wilderness because of their unbelief. Forty years is a long time to wait. Waiting on God. Some of us don't like it when we have to wait ten minutes or four minutes at a signal light, or standing in a line, waiting to check out. We don't like to wait. But here he says it. For you, this is, this is, the, this is the expression of faith in God that he will guide. I wait all day. Verse number five. I wait all day. I hope you're waiting joyfully waiting, whatever it is that God's done in your life. God guides those who know Him. Good and upright is the Lord, verse number 8. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore He instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice, that is, He leads the humble to do what is right, and He teaches the humble His way. Like a, like a father takes and teaches a son the right way to live, the right things to do. The Lord does the same for all of us. Blessed be His name. For you are good and ready to forgive, Psalm 86.5. Psalm 119.68. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The good God is the God who teaches us His way. There is God's way and there is my way. There is God's way and there's the world's way. There is God's way and the devil's way. Teach me your way. This is the, this is the prayer. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. Well, God guides those who fear Him. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Here's the question. Who's the person tonight who fears the Lord? Who is here tonight who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. When I fear God, I don't make a choice without knowing that God would bless it. God teaches those who fear him. He will instruct him in the way he should choose and God blesses those who fear him. Verse number 13. He said, his soul will abide in prosperity and his descendants will inherit the land. So God guides those who trust Him, who ask Him, who follow Him, who wait on Him, who know Him, who fear Him. And finally, God guides those who see Him, who look to Him. My eyes are continually toward the Lord. What are you looking at tonight? You see, what we look at is what we put our focus on. What we look at is what we put our confidence in. 
What did, what did Paul teach us in the book of Hebrews? Fixing your eyes on Jesus. And we know that this idea of eyes has to do with the mind. What, are you, what is your mind set on tonight? Are your eyes continually toward the Lord no matter what your circumstances are? Well, you see, if I'm going to follow the guide, I have to keep my eyes on the one who's leading me. And praise God that the leadership of the Holy Spirit comes through a combination of the Word of God, or especially from the Word of God and the Holy Spirit teaching us the Word of God, and then the wonderful example and words of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are blessed with all we need to be guided and taught God's way. So, God rescues those who keep their eyes on Him. Verse 15, did you see it there? My eyes are continually toward the Lord, for He will pluck my feet out of the net. When you don't even see the danger coming, He'll pluck you out of it. Like the, like the father or the mother who grabs the hand of the child who's about to run into the road. God delivers from distresses those who keep their eyes on Him. Verse 17, the troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distress. Is that your prayer tonight, my friend? I love you in the Lord Jesus. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Verse 17, bring me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. You see, God delivers us and He rescues us and protects us. Verse number 20, as He guides us, guard my soul and deliver me. Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge in You. So what do we need to remember tonight as we complete our time here in this wonderful psalm? And I hope that you'll go home and think about it even tonight before you go to bed. Well, there are the ways of men, as I've already said, and there are the ways of God. There are the paths of sin, and there are paths of God. The righteous paths are paths that are filled with the loving kindness, the mercy, the grace, the care of God. But the paths of sin, oh, such misery on the path of sin. There are God's ways and my ways, and my ways lead to my paths, sinful paths, but God's ways lead to God's paths of grace and wonder. Ask God to show you His ways so that you don't mistake your ways for His ways. This is important for us to do. Show me, make me know your ways so that I don't say, wait a minute, these are my ways. They're not God's ways. Sometimes we're deceitful about our own soul and where we are in our condition with God. Ask God to teach you His paths so that you don't mistake His paths for your paths. Do what you know and God will teach you what to do. Waiting on God truly, my dear friends, is living a life of desiring God, delighting in God, depending on God, and devotedness to God. And I wish I could expand on these things, but this is what we do when we wait on God. We, we delight in the Lord and we desire more of God as we wait on God. We depend on Him. We're devoted to Him. And we follow the Holy Spirit by obeying God's Word and watching our heart. Well, so what do I need to do tonight as I leave? Well, stop straying off God's ways to my own ways. I love what Peter said, 1 Peter 2.25. He's describing the Christian life. For you were continually straying like sheep. There it is. That's what we do, don't we? We just stray off. We start over here ready to serve God and we stray away. Or 
as a lost person, we, we start to say, well, I need to shape up. I need to change my ways. But then we drift back into our old ways. For you were continually straying like sheep. But now, my Christian brothers and sisters, you have returned to who? The shepherd. That's the one who guides you. And the guardian. That's the one who protects you. The Lord Jesus Christ is both of your souls. Return to the Lord Jesus and allow Him to be your shepherd. Let Him guide you. Let Him protect you. Let Him lead you at His pace. You may not like His pace, but His pace is perfect. His, pa His pace is exact. His pace is what you need. Trust God's leadership for your life and rest in His sure leadership in all your affairs. And follow the Holy Spirit who is our sure guide as He reveals to us the truth of God's Word. With the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God, you have what you need to experience the guidance of God. And so may God help us to do that. And may the Lord bless you for being here tonight and being with us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God and we thank you for the blessing of your Word. Make me to know your ways and teach me your paths and lead me in your truth and teach me. May the humble Lord be taught your ways and may you show us the paths to choose that honor Jesus in all that we do, in our families, in our church life, in our relationships with one another, and in our work and in, in our ministry in the world. We thank you for your blessed, permanent guidance in our life and for sending and giving to us the wonderful Holy Spirit of God who guides us into your paths. And for that we are permanently grateful. We commit ourselves now, Lord, in the days ahead not to stray away, but to follow you and to surrender to your guidance and leadership wherever it may take us because we'll still be on your path regardless of what it leads through. And for that we're grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you. God bless you. Good to see you. Hope to see you Sunday. Say hello to everyone on your way out, and I hope you have a good evening, and may the Lord bless you.